Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. I've been stuck in the spirit, if I could use these words. I've been stuck in the spirit on where we were last Wednesday when I preached giants or grapes. How many remember just vaguely what I preached last Wednesday? You you know, statistics say 95% of you forget what I have preached within 72 hours. 95%. 95%. So technically, I could re-preach that same message and you would probably get something that you didn't get last Wednesday. or you would. But anyway, I'm coming from a different angle. Because the children of Israel, I don't believe anything in the Word of God is there by accident. I believe every story, every line, every precept is for an example to us. And it's, it, I don't think it's ironic that we find ourselves following the same patterns that the children of Israel, God's favored people, found themselves into. For you know, when you read the Word of God and you go from Genesis to Exodus, Exodus is the, the, the escape of the children of Israel out of bondage, out of captivity, out of the rulership and the harsh taskmaster of Pharaoh. A deliverance unlike anything in the history of the Word of God. A, a literal, the literal hand of God divided the waters and the children of Israel, two plus million people, walked through a sea on dry ground to the other side, all safe. And then the same water that God parted, he brought those waters back together again. And destroyed the very enemy that had been chasing them. That's, that's pretty interesting to me. That's, when, when you look at the hand of God and the power of God and the ability of our God. It ought to make us feel good on a Wednesday night that no matter where we're at and what we're going through. God is able. If he can part the waters, if he can, if he can send locusts, and he can send lice, and he can turn, you know, put frogs everywhere in existence, uh, and just infestate the the camp of the of the Egyptians, and he can send darkness, and he can turn water to blood, and he can he can send all of the plagues that he did to a people. Don't for one moment think that we're outside of the grip of God's mighty hand and that he doesn't care about where we're at and what we're going through. We serve a mighty God. We serve a, when I say a big God, it's hard to describe a God that's immeasurable. It's hard to describe a God that you cannot put a measuring tape on because he's omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere, all at the same time. And don't think for a moment he doesn't know where you're at tonight. He knows right where you're at. He knows right what you're going through. And he knew exactly the plan of God for the children of Israel. For he spoke to Moses and said, I'm going to bring you out of Egypt, and I have given you a promise. 
a promise that I am going to give you a land for possession. All you need to do is show up, Moses. All the children of Israel need to do is show up. And you're going to begin to dispossess those that have possessed your promises. That's all they had to do is show up. But it's, it's strange to me. But it's oftentimes such as life. That Moses would commission spies to go in and spy out their land. Their promised land. Their, their inheritance, might you say. He was sent. He sent 12 spies into the promised land. The Bible said that two came back with the report of, we're well able to do this. Ten came back with an evil report. And the Bible says that when they brought up the evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, and they said, in verse 32 of chapter 13, The land through which we have gone to search is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. All they could see was how big the other people were. All they could see is how big the obstacles were. But they could never get their, their perception rearranged to understand the same God that brought them through the Red Sea. The same God that protected them when all of the plagues were going on while they were in captivity. The same God that had brought them thus far would be the same God that would equip them even though the men were of great stature. Even though the walls were so high they had never seen anything that had been made like it. But here we stand that all they could say was the men were of great stature. And there they saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. So you, you hear the people of Israel, the people of God. We're not talking about Egyptians. Talk, we're talking about the people of God. The people that should have had the right vocabulary. That should have been a people of faith. Should have been the people that said, you know what? We've come this far by faith and God has brought us this far. There is nothing too big that we cannot serve. We, we cannot obtain or we cannot be victorious but all they could see was their obstacles not their possession from one report verse chapter 14 and all the congregation lifted up their voice let me put it in my the whole church lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept at night while one group of people, the two men, Joshua and Caleb, brought back a good report. The other ten brought back an evil report. And they began to share their report with the camp. It brought such a fear into the camp. The Bible says that they lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night. I can only imagine they wept tears that a fear and frustration as they began to listen at the naysayers and those that said it, it can't be done. But listen to how the progression, when you listen to the wrong voices, what happens? 
When you listen to the wrong voices in all, somebody say all, the children of Israel murmured against the pastor. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. And would God had we died or would God we did ha- or we had died in this wilderness. You see a people that listen to the wrong voice. When they've been brought out of captivity, here's the temptation. That if we're not careful, when things do not go as we thought they would go, when things do not go as planned, when things uh, catch us by surprise and we say things and we listen to things or we entertain thoughts of certain things, it's real easy to reflect back on your life and think that, man, I had it much better in Egypt. I wish I would have died in Egypt. Or I wish, or did God bring me to the wilderness and I had died in the wilderness. Well, I just want to tell someone tonight, I don't want to die in the wilderness. I, God's been too good to me. God saved me out of way too many things for me to, to, to slide back or backslide into a thought pattern that would cause me to listen to the wrong voices. And at my most defining moment, I die in the wilderness. For when you read this story, it unfolds so magnificently as it's written in where for hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, or that our wives and our children should be as prey. Just hear their talking. Were it not better for us to return to, what, isn't it better? We should just go back to the world. Some of you have even fought that same spirit recently. I'm doing all I can. I, I, I've turned my life over to God. I'm living for God. I'm paying my tithes. I'm trying to be faithful to the house of God. And why is all this coming upon me? But listen, we're talking about the whole congregation. We're talking about every one of the people in the camp. And they said one to another, let's make us a captain and let us return to Egypt. Let us get us a new leader and let's go back to where God brought us out of. Oh, help me right now. The temptation, you'll start, it'll start playing mind games with you, and you'll begin to think, I, I was better off back then. Why don't, I just get, why don't I just go back to where I came from? Or why don't I just go back into a world of bondage? See, it's, it's very easy to, to forget what we've been delivered from. It, it's, very, it, it's, it's so easy to forget how we used to make brick with just straw. It's very easy to forget where we come from or or, or we forget how we were destitute and we were broken uh, and we were addicted and, you you know, we couldn't have a day without, without a pill or without a needle or without a drink or without a smoke. But we're on this side of Jordan or we're on this side of the Red Sea and we're on this side of Egypt and the enemy is playing mind games with us and he's making us think, man. I had more friends in the world than I do in the church. Oh, help me right now, somebody. If you want friends, you got to be friendly. Come on, somebody. You want fellowship, you got to offer the right hand of fellowship and say, hey, come on, somebody. You want a fellowship? But see, when, when, when you ostracize and you listen to the wrong voices, it's easy to look back, and look back to Egypt and it looks good. 
But here, the continuation. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephthah, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it, it's an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread to us. We're going to consume them. We're going to devour them. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. You've got to see these two men standing before that congregation who had listened to all the wrong voices, who had done formed opinions, and they had done believed a mindset. They were at the right address, but they had the wrong spirit. They were, they were embracing a moment in their destiny, but their minds would not let them shift to believe that the same God that had brought them this far could bring them into this promised land. But two little men, Joshua and Caleb, would stand flat-footed once again and tell them, this is a good land. God is with us. Don't rebel against the Lord. Don't, 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 don't speak against God. But listen at verse 10. And I know I'm being very methodical, but we're going somewhere. But all the congregation bade stone. They're basically saying, stone them with stones. Silence the voice of reason. Silence the voice of truth. Silence the voice that says we can. Be careful when you silence the voice of truth in your life. Be careful to si that you don't silence uh, the voice of reason. Uh, when somebody's telling you, you can make it, there's another voice on the other side. Why don't you just throw in the towel and quit? When, when, when there's a voice telling you, come on, get up one more time, and there's another voice saying, why don't you come on back home? Why don't you come on back over here? Why don't you just come back to Egypt where everything was much better than where you are? You've you got to be careful what voices you listen to because you'll stone the very people that God sent in your life to help you. And the Lord said unto Moses, how long will the people provoke me? How long will it? How long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed them? He's reminded, how long are they going to go through this cycle? How long are they going to go through this bipolar emotional roller coaster? Up one day, down the next. Uh, he's reminding them, I have showed them the signs. I have, I, I don't know what else I can do. I feel like God could look at all of us and I'm putting myself. There's not one more thing God could do to prove to me he loves me. There's not one more act he could do on my behalf to prove. It goes to show you that signs in and of themselves do not forge the relationship. you got to have a desire on the inside of you. Come hell or high water. Come highs, come lows. No matter what comes my way, I'm in this thing to finish this race. Because according to scripture, I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them. I will, I will void my contract with them. I will void my, this is one of the few portions of scripture that God said, I'm going to take my word back. 
I gave this land as an inheritance. But if you can just imagine God holding the inheritance paper. God's holding the wheel, the deed of trust. And he says, I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them. What was supposed to be theirs will not be theirs. And will make of thee a greater nation and a mightier than they. In other words, I'm going to skip this generation and I'm going to go to a generation that will believe me. Oh, come on, somebody. I know it's Wednesday. And Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it. For thou broughtest up this people in thy might from among them, and they would tell it to the inhabitants of this land. For they have heard that the Lord art among this people, and that the Lord are seen face to face, and that the cloud standeth over them. And thou goest before them by daytime in a pillar of a cloud and a pillar of fire. They know what your power has done. God uh, they know what you have done for this people and if you disinherit them words gonna get out what you did to them you brought them out of Egypt and then you just disinherited them you've but listen at Moses's plea now if thou shalt kill all this people as one man then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak sin because the Lord was not able now they're questioning his power because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them. Therefore, he hath slain them in the wilderness. And now I beseech you, thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering. And of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means... By no means clearing the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth. He's quoting his own words. Moses is quoting God's own words back to him. Pardon. I'm asking you to pardon them, O God. I beseech thee the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of thy mercy. And thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt until now. And the Lord said... I have pardoned according to thy word. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to kill them all at once like I want to do. I'm not going to lift my finger and I'm not going to kill them because according to thy... Moses was quoting God's own word. And God looked at it as though Moses was saying it. At thy word. I don't know if you, that's the importance of getting the word in your heart. Sometimes I just wonder if we'd get enough word in our heart and we start speaking God's words back to him. That he said, oh, I'm going to make that petition. I'm going to answer that petition. They quoted my own words back to me and I'm going to honor their word because they spoke it. That's the power of the word of God. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. But as I truly, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and, the wild, and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. 
but my servant Caleb. Because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whereinto he went. And his seed shall possess it. Oh. God said, I'm so determined that my that this land is going to be filled with my glory. I'm going to just, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just delay. I'm going to delay what I want to do. I want to kill them all at once. But what they're going to do is they're going to go through this wilderness. And little by little, they're going to begin to die off. My glory I will not give to another. My glory will I not share with. He said, my glory shall feel. All the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Verse 25. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwelt in the valley. Tomorrow turn you and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation? Which murmur against me. I have heard the murmuring of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness. And all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. So you got to picture this. Everybody 20 years old and older would die in the wilderness. Not a sudden death. Not a death that would be, you know, a, a massacre, that it would be spread across that then known world and news would get, be gotten out that God just, he could have, but he didn't. But listen to what he said. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell in, save Caleb the son of Jephthah and Joshua the son of Nun. But verse number 31, but your little ones, which ye should be a prey, the, the very people that you called would be a prey in the hands of the enemy. The very thing that you thought would happen to your children, your little ones, which ye said would be a prey, them will I bring in and they shall know the land which ye have despised right now God has got a remnant of people that he's raising up God's got God's going to have a church that believes that in this last day that we can have an unprecedented apostolic revival. That we can see an unprecedented wave of signs, wonders, and miracles. That we can see all of the great and mighty things that the Word says we can partake and profess to have. I believe that God is raising up a generation. I'll call it a radical generation. I'll call it a generation that's daring to believe. Well, Pastor, you've been preaching how 
bad this world is and we're coming to the end of time. Yes, we are. But I do want to remind you that where sin doth abound, grace does much more abound. And I do not believe that Satan will have his finest hour without the church of the living God having its finest hour. I believe, I believe it, church, that we are at the precipice. We are at this defining moment of possessing some things. We're, we're, we're at this moment of possessing the promises of God, the peace of God in our homes, the promises of God of our children. Please don't quit praying for your children. Please don't quit calling their names. Please don't do it. Oh, they've gone too far. They've done too much. They'll never come back. Don't pray those. Don't speak those things. Don't let that spirit get upon you. But if you could just start speaking, my little ones, my little ones are going to be hell's worst nightmare. My little ones are going to storm the gates of hell and what the enemy sent to cause them to be prey. They're going to defeat the principalities of darkness of this hour. Mm. Your little ones, which you, which you said should be a prey, then will I bring you, and they shall know that the land which you have despised. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in the wilderness. Your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. Don't die in the wilderness. I don't want my children to watch me die in a wilderness because I refuse to believe what God could do. I don't want my babies to watch me just dwindle away and... <clears throat> And just my, my, my spirit man, not, not necessarily my physical man, but my spiritual man, just wither and die. I do not believe it's the will of God for us to die on an apostolic Pentecostal pew. I believe that it is high time that we awake out of sleep and, and jerk ourselves awake and say, you know what? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I will not die in this wilderness just wandering around questioning if God can. I know He can. I know God can. But these, these, these children of Israel, these adults 20 and older, would have to suffer the consequences. And, and I do want to bring back to your attention because it grabbed me afresh this morning. They, did, they murmured and complained 10 times. God didn't exercise judgment the first time. But the Bible says these ten times, they murmured and complained. They murmured and complained. They listened to their own voices. But listen here. I, I've, never, I, I've read the Bible. I've read this through. But And your children shall wander in the wilderness and bear your whoredoms. After the number, why did they have to wander 40 years? Have you ever asked yourself that question? You may see it on the screen. This was revelation to me. After the number of days in which ye search the land, even 40 days, God gave them a year for every day they searched the land. Now, I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen it in Scripture like that. For every day 
they pondered the promises of God. For every day they wondered in the wilderness. For for every day they pondered. God said, I'm going to cause you to wander one year. One day equaled one year. One day equaled one year. Forty days of pondering. Man, there's some big, there's some big giants over there, guys. Y'all, y'all see them? Oh, but look at those grapes over there on that hillside. Look at it. Look, look at it's harvest time, guys. Look at God said we could do this. Oh, but my God, we ain't never seen nobody this big. We've never seen any people this tall. We've never been. Oh, but Joshua, oh, come on, guys, we can do this. God's promised it. Don't you remember how God brought us out of Egypt? Don't you remember all the good things that God has done? And it was just a yo-yo back and forth. And the Lord hit me with this today. He said, the longer you ponder, the longer you're going to wonder. The longer you ponder, can he or will he? The longer you ponder the, can God really do this? Can God do, the longer you're going to wander in your spiritual wildernesses. The longer you're going to wonder, can God, can God do it? Can God prepare me a table in a wilderness? Can God heal my body? Can God do this? Can God do that? They got a one year sentence for every day. They pondered. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm saying to this church today, the days of pondering need to be over. The days of pondering need to be over. We need to step on the side of faith that says we are well able to take this land. We are well able to do whatever God's called us to do. We are well able to defeat the adversaries. Those things that have attacked our homes and attacked our minds. Attacked our finances. Attacked our marriages. Attacked our children. I'm well able. And God I know you're able. You didn't start us in this thing to call us to die in a wilderness you didn't cause us to live a life just wandering aimlessly us, we, we spend too much time pondering when we need to be on the side of I know God can well I prayed and God didn't do it pray again well, I, I asked God but he didn't give me no ask again I just wonder what would have happened if Elijah's servant would have never went back one more time Son, go look. Go look. Go, go, go up there and look on that, on that mountain and tell me, tell me what you see. I don't see none. I guess we might as well go to the house. But Elijah had his head between his knees and he was praying. And that servant would come back. Go look again. I don't see nothing, Master. I don't see anything. Let me pray again. God... God, I'm asking you. God, I know the time clock that you're going to break the silence of rain. It's coming. God, I don't know the day. I don't know the hour, but I know you can do it. Go look one more time. Yes, sir, at thy word, I'm going. I don't see nothing. Fourth time, the fifth time, the sixth time, nothing. I just wonder how the cry and I wonder how the prayer meeting went when Elijah told him, go look the seventh time. 
And he came back. And he said, Master, I, I, I don't see much. But there is a little difference than the last six times I've went. All I see is the cloud. And it's just about the size. Now, have you ever seen a cloud the size of a man's hand? That's not a very big cloud. But it was a sign enough for him. It, all he needed was just a little sign. Everything was going to be. But he didn't get that sign on the first time he went. He didn't get that sign on the second time he went. He didn't get that sign on the third time he went. He got it on that seventh time of doing it again and again and again. And soon he saw that hand. And all that Elijah could say was, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Well, it's just a little hand it's not much but I hear something I'll not die in this drought I'll not die in this wilderness I know I said it wasn't going to rain for three and a half years I know I'm the man that obeyed God and it hadn't rained but I hear the rain's coming I'm not going to die in this wilderness I've just come to tell somebody do it one more time just go look one more. Just pray one more. Just call their name one more time. Don't be guilty of murmuring and complaining because he hasn't done it. The same energy that I can use complaining, I can get on this side and I can pray it. Complaining and praying. Which one will it be? Murmuring and complaining or praying and petitioning. It's easy to murmur and complain. It sometimes can get you attention. It can sometimes get you pity from those around you. But sooner or later, you've got to lay down the crutch of murmuring and complaining and say, you know what, I ain't doing this no more. I, I, I'm, I'm buckling up my boots. I'm, put, I'm, I'm tightening my belt. And you know what? I'm going to fast till my belly button falls off if I have to. It's just according to how desperate you get. I'll never forget my wife was so desperate to get us out of Meridian, Mississippi. I wasn't living like I should have been living. She was praying. She said, I'm going on a seven-day fast. And can I tell you that that seven-day fast, water only, it tore up the kingdom of hell. It tore up the principalities and the darkness of this world. And it was almost like overnight. Literally, overnight a U-Haul was backed into our driveway and we was out of Egypt. We was out of that place and we were on to a destiny that God would ordain. There would be a few bumps in the roads, but I refused. She's... At that point in that time, what she was praying and didn't really know, but it came to me today, was she was praying, I refuse my family to die in this wilderness. I refuse to die in this spiritual mindset. We're going to get out of this. We're going to get out of here. And she didn't even know what we were escaping, but only God did. See, sometimes God awakens a husband or a wife. Many times it's the wife. Many times it's the husband. I've seen it work both ways in that little prompting and that little nudge of the Holy Ghost. I can't put my finger on it. I can't explain it. I don't know. That's the time you need to pray. 
That's the time you need to say, you know what? I can't fight this battle by myself. I can't wage war in this thing. We're going to die in this wilderness. Or we're going to stand to see the promises of God established in our lives. The number of days in which ye have searched the land. Even 40 days. Each day for a year shall ye bear your iniquities. Even for, He just, it was a slow death. It was a slow death for them. Wandering. Pondering. Wandering in that wilderness. Verse 35, I the Lord have said. I will surely do it unto all this evil generation that are gathered together against me. See what happens when you murmur and complain. You're not murmuring and complaining against someone that you can see. You're murmuring and complaining against someone you can't see. The Bible says that this evil congregation, they were gathered against God. That's how much he hates murmuring and complaining. He said this. In the wilderness they shall be consumed and there shall they die. And the men which Moses sent to search the land who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him. By bringing up a slander upon the land. Even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land. Died by the plague before the Lord. Even the men. Who brought back the evil men who brought back the report, who stirred up the whole congregation, they died as well. But Joshua and Caleb, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. And Moses told these sayings unto all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. It even got so bad, as this text closes, and I'm coming to a quick close, that a group of people, after hearing what would be their sentence, and they arose up early in the morning and got them up into the top of the mountain and saying, Lo, we be here, and we will go up unto the place which the Lord hath promised, for we have sinned. And Moses said, Wherefore now do you transgress the commandment of the Lord? But it shall not prosper. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you. Don't you go up in that mountain. Don't you try to run up to where God has manifested his presence now. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that ye be not smitten before your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and ye shall fall by the sword. Because ye have turned away from the Lord, therefore the Lord will not be with you. But they presumed to go up unto the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. Then the Amalekites came down and the Canaanites which dwelt in that hill and smote them and discomfited them even unto Hormah. That's the close of that chapter. It's a close of a chapter that ended so tragically. Because they tried to escape the sentence of God. And they tried to approach the holy of God. That, that mountain where God had, had ministered to Moses in there. And they thought they could go up into that mountain. He said, don't go up there. I'm not with you. 
the Spirit of the Lord's not with you. It's very, it's very interesting when I read these portions of Scripture. And it brings me to my conclusion. That God demands from us a pure and a clean heart when we approach Him. He demands a pure and clean heart. A repentant heart. That's why we repent of our sins. They had just been sentenced to death, basically. A wandering, a, a, a 40-year sentence that every one of them would die. But we do not ever find where they repented of their sins. They, they, there's nowhere in Scripture where they repented. They mourned, they cried. But there's a big difference from mourning and crying because you got caught than repenting of your sins because you understand, I was wrong. They thought they could just ascend into a special place. They, they could ascend. But, but God said, no, no. I'm going to show you. I love a broken and a contrite spirit that has turned to me in repentance and says, you know what? I'm sorry, God. I, I know I've murmured. I know I've complained. I know I've spoke against what your power can do. I'm asking you to forgive me. Do you know what? I believe God's still rich in mercy. God's rich in mercy, and he is there ready to forgive. And, and you may find yourself, I've had to question myself at times in my life. God, I don't mean to question you. I'm asking you to forgive me for questioning you because I don't understand. Your ways are so beyond my ways. Your thoughts are beyond my thoughts. Lord, forgive me if I've murmured or if I complained about what you're doing in my life right now. Because one thing that I know, I don't know... All the ins and outs. I don't know all that he's doing. Because I don't know while I'm where I'm at. Whose lives I'm going to be able to touch. I will tell you this. Today I was on the phone with a former co-worker. And I just felt led to text him this week. And we worked together some 15, 17, we've been in 14. 15, 17 years ago. And he said, oh, I'm so glad you text me. I was just thinking about you last week. And I worked with this man through some of the deepest, darkest trials of our lives. Literally. But he said, I, I'm so glad you texted me because I thought about you last week. And he said, I'm asking you to pray for my daughter. Involved or, or potentially involved in another, with, with another man of, a, of the Muslim faith. And he said, I thought of you to pray. This man told me this today on the telephone. I thought of you to pray. I want you to pray that God would break this grip and break this, this spiritual battle that we're in. And I said, he witnessed some of the deepest, darkest hours of our lives. And, and here he is remembering we're a people of prayer. See, you don't know who's watching you. You don't know who's watching you and where you're at and what you're going through. And it would be easy to murmur and complain. It would be easy to talk about all that's going wrong in your life. It would easy to be easy to put the magnifying glass on all that's been. Whew, or it could. What about it? Well, I want to magnify the Lord. 
And I want to exalt his name together in this. I want to think of all the good things he's done for me and all the, how he's blessed and how he's provided and how he, he's just gave strength and health into our bodies. And I want to magnify that over the things that maybe he didn't do the way I wanted him to do. He didn't answer that prayer the first time I asked it. I don't want to be guilty of murmuring and complaining. And God says, you're going to die wandering in a wilderness. You're going to wander the rest of your life because you never got a grip on what I'm capable of doing. And trusting, stand to your feet. Here's where I feel it to end this service. I'm so sorry. Should have already ended. Here's where I feel that God wants to leave us tonight with this. Are you willing to trust him with the process? Are you willing to trust him with the process? That will determine your outcome. Are you willing to trust him with the process? When, when he causes you to have to be fed with manna every day and you get quail as, your, as the meat of choice and he does that for you and he provides for you. Will you be content with his provisions for you now? Or will you murmur and complain? Give us this day our daily bread. Don't give us tomorrow's bread today, but give me this day our daily bread. It's all in perception. It's all in how you, you look at life. I may have not got what I wanted, but I've got everything I need. I may not have gotten everything I wanted in life. And no, maybe I, every prayer hasn't been answered. But sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. I thank God he didn't answer that prayer because I wasn't ready for it. I thank God he didn't answer that prayer because, oh, God, what he blessed me with later was so much better than what I asked him for in that season of life. Oh, if you could just look at life through the different lens. If you could look at life through a different lens and understand all things work together for the good. Tonight, Lord, God, I'm asking that you would help this congregation. You would help this church. We will not die in our wildernesses. God, I don't understand all that you're doing, but I know, God, that I'm being led by your unseen hand. I'm being led into promises that have been prayed over my life by my grandparents, by my parents. I'm walking in favor right now that was prayed over my life as a child by my mom and my dad. I'm, I'm, walking in, I'm walking in things, God, tonight that I'm undeserving of. But Lord... As I walk, I'll not walk just pondering if you can, but God, every step I take, it's a step of faith saying, I know you can. I know you will in your own perfect time and in your own perfect will. And until then, until then, I'm going to go on singing. I, until then I'm going to lift my voice and praise the Lord until then I'm going to rejoice in the God of my salvation until then I'm going to say this is the day the Lord hath made I will rejoice and be glad until then I'm going to declare he's a healer 
Until then, I will say of the Lord, he is my strong tower. I will say he is my buckler in my, I will say he's my strong tower. Until then, until he shows his mighty hand, until he brings me into that special place that's been prepared, I will trust you. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Hallelujah. Would you just lift your voice right one more time? I'm sorry. Oh, I thank you, Lord, as I trust you. God, I trust you right now. Some of you are in between. You're in between seasons. Some of you, you're in between seasons, and God's getting ready for you to shift seasons. I just felt that in the Holy. You're in between seasons, and God's getting you ready to shift into a new season. You're in between seasons and God's getting ready to escort you by his mighty hand. Will you be willing to pray one more time? Will you be willing to remain faithful at all times? Will you just make a commitment tonight? I will not murmur and I will not complain. I will not die in my wilderness. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, let that G. Somebody say Jesus. I don't want to run Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. <laughs> let that just sweep over your. <laughs> I was told last Thursday night, I left just a few minutes earlier, there was, I was told there was a spirit of the God moved in a prayer meeting. I just believe that same spirit, it can just sweep in here one more time. Oh, Holy Ghost. Oh, God. Oh, God. Touching Jesus is all that really matters. And your life will never be the same. If you could only just just reach out and touch him. (laughs) And your life will never be the same tonight. I'm just asking you, Lord. Lord, reach down your hand into this house and touch the hearts, the lives, the minds of your people. And Lord, may we rest tonight in your promises. May we never doubt nor question that you are leading us in the plain path. You're leading us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And tonight we'll give you glory, we'll give you praise, we'll give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Mm. Hallelujah. Let this spirit go home with you and as you meditate upon the word. Before you leave, please, hey, don't go spend money somewhere else. We've got a full-blown gourmet. They got all kind of stuff back there. You don't want to miss. You know if we were involved in it, it's going to be good. Step back to the fellowship hall. We have everything prepared. Our tithing offering baskets are here at the front. If you'd like to return your tithing to the storehouse, do so. We're going to have a great time of fellowship in Jesus' name. God bless you.